0: playing independently is not a skill that a baby will have because they don't have object permanence yet. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs hi marcella hi rachel today i'm super excited
1: because it's the middle of the summer and we're going to talk about peaceful playtime okay this one goes to the listener your children has a room full of toys right and they prefer to play with your phone on your things than your toys or They have a room full of toys and they always fight for that one toy. And matter of fact, you have two of the same, but it has to be the same one that they fight for. What about this one? Your children has a room full of toys and they won't play with their toys unless you are sitting right next to them. And as soon as you get up, they get up with you, following you around, whining and they would not go back to play. They would not play independently unless you are sitting right next to them. So that's what we're going to talk about today because all those, it could be signs of lack of independent play skills. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And it could be signs as well of a sibling conflict over toys. So we're going to talk about that Why is it independent play so important? So am I saying that it is wrong to play with your kids? No, actually it's recommended. I mean, that's the time that they're going to share in their heart forever. The time that you were interacting and playing with them. However, independent play is as important as them playing with you. Why? Because according to research, it develops their focus and it develops independent thinkers, right? So if you are directing their play, if, they're, if they would not engage in play unless they are engaged with you and only with you, then when they get to school, right, their creativity and their independent thinker skills might not be as sharp as as children who have the ability to play independently and to create and build play on their own. So it is very important for you to develop that skill. And for that, I have a freebie to help you because there are actually toys that teach independent play. It keeps your children's focus for long stretches of time. So you can go to the bathroom and shower for 10 minutes, and they will still be entertained. You would not have the knocks on the door, the little fingers poking under under the door, (laughs) at least not all the time, because they have that skill. So I put together a video to explain to you why those toys are, the toys that teach independent play, and the toys that don't, because there are actually many toys. That's the opposite (laughs) when it comes to independent play. It actually keeps children... (laughs) play-dependent, <laughs> um, you are going to learn what those are in my freebie. So all you have to do is, it is completely free, go to open the description of this podcast episode or go to the link in my bio at High Input Club, and you can watch this video for free. All you have to do is give us your name and email, your best email, so we we can send you the, the video and you can start seeing what kind of toys are the ones that teach independent play. Okay, so let's talk about, before we move to talk about play time when they're siblings, let's talk about independent play. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Independent play issues. So number one, your child will play independently as long as you are sitting right next to them. They play independently and they direct their play but as soon as you get up and you go to the kitchen, they stand up and they follow you. I actually get DMs and comments, um, people telling me, I think my child is living a lot of separation anxiety because that's what they say. Because as soon as I get up and I go to the kitchen or to the to the bedroom, then they freak out and they start calling me and whining for me. OK, so. If you have a toddler, they already learned object permanency, meaning that they know that even though you are away, you are present. So if they know that you're not leaving the house, that you're still going to the kitchen, that you are in the living room, that you are in the bedroom, that you're not going away, it's not separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because separation anxiety is anxiety of losing that direct connection. And they know that you are you are there in the house, yeah. right? So it is not separation anxiety, but it could be a typical case of play dependency. So what is play dependency? Play dependency is when children don't have independent play skills. So meaning that they don't have the ability yet to, to keep themselves entertained for developmentally appropriate stretches of time, Right. They feel anxious because they don't have the ability to keep themselves focused and they follow their caregiver. Or number two, they start asking for screens because screens are a very passive entertainment. They don't have to do anything. They just plug themselves on the screen. Um, They don't have to exercise their creativity, their problem solving, nothing. (laughs) So they ask for screens. So how do you solve this? Very simple. Developing independent play. I actually created a guide. It's called the System to Break Play Dependency Guide. It is on my website, marcelacollier.com, if you want to go grab it. Um, but that's basically the, the answer. To build independent play so they feel they can trust their own skills to keep themselves entertained
0: for the parents who have younger children. Maybe they're wanting their babies to be able to lay on a little mat and play with a teething toy or, you know, some type of toy while they exit the room and then the baby freaks out and they don't understand why. So I wanted to address that topic because playing independently is not a skill that a baby will have um, because they don't have object permanence yet. They don't understand that when you walk out of a room, you still exist, which is the craziest thing. Whenever I found that out, it was very eye opening for me. It made sense that, you know, why do our children totally freak out when they're little bitty? When we exit the room, it's because they, if they can't see you, they don't know that you still even exist. At what age then would you start to see um, the, like, What at what age does object permanence develop? And then beyond that, what are the typical timeframes that a child will, will be able or should be able to play dependently?
1: So if there's six months, four months, and you leave the room and they cannot see you, then I understand because object permanency is not quite yet there. So they might freak out.
0: And then when when they do develop that around eight months, how long do you think like I'm actually primarily thinking about my own daughter because she will at certain times at three and a half, like she'll go into her room and she'll play by herself. But I'm kind of wondering personally, because throughout the day she has, she has her nanny that is helping her, you know, so she's constantly entertained for those four hours. She has someone right there with her. And so I'm wondering how, I could help their relationship, like help her build play dependency, independent play skills during that time, even with someone here as a caregiver. But I'm also thinking about the other, the other moms and listeners, you know, they may be thinking, well, how much time should my child be playing by themselves at at the age that they are?
1: So we are gentle parents. We are child-led We allow our child to explore as far as they feel comfortable exploring. Uh, We don't push independent play. We don't do like, let's not think about independent play the way traditional parenting, for example, potty trains their kids. I'm just going to take three days. And in those three days, they should be potty trained. It's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to independent play, because. Children need to come back. They need to come back to their attachment figure when they feel they're ready to come back. And that varies from child to child, right? I have twins and one of them needs to come back more often than the other one. And they were born the same day. And if I don't allow that, then playtime could become really scary for them because they will connect independent playtime with this connection from you, and we don't want that to happen. So it's allowing them to explore within their range of tolerance. To give you a benchmark and a little disclaimer, I don't have a degree on child development. I do have a parenting coaching certification and a therapeutic license so what i know about child development is things that i read (laughs) right i read that their attention span is between three to five minutes per year of age so 10 minutes for you may look like oh she's looking for me all the time she followed like it's crazy she's so clingy she's not that's That's what a two year old can handle when it comes to playing independently. Now, children who do not have, let's just say a two year old who does not have independent play skills, then they might never play independently unless you are right next to them. That's different.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that having toys, and this I think may have been something that I learned from your guide to independent play, but it was having toys in the room. Near, like they want to be able to see you, like having toys in a playroom, which is where we have had Peyton's toys since she was born. And we moved her little play toy kitchen into our kitchen. It's actually in our dining room, and she has her whole setup. So she's got like a kitchen and a dining room in our kitchen and dining room. And we can be in the living room, which is it's all kind of one area which is still out of a little bit of sight, but it's still the same common area for her. And she'll easily get over there and play for at least 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes it's even longer than that. And it surprises Mm me. Um, But that was, that was something that was really helpful for us was just moving some of her toys into common spaces and she would sit down and entertain herself. And it really is, it's such a relief whenever that starts to happen because they are so dependent. And I, I say that on one hand, it's a relief. Yeah. And on the other hand, you're kind of like, Oh, I kind of miss you depending upon me. <laughs> so yeah, that's really, that's really, really encouraging. Many
1: times we think that the solution is this big thing. Um, Most of the time is just little arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was something you got in the system to break play dependency guide is such, such small thing that you did. And it made a big difference. Because if you have and I'm going, I'm talking to you, the listener, my cycle breakers, if your children have a room full of toys, and they don't play with their toys, do they even want to be in that room? Let's just say, their playroom is upstairs and you spend most of your time in the kitchen. They don't want to be upstairs because they need to see you. They need that. They need to feel the connection with you. Um, it might be just a matter of bringing the toys downstairs. It might be a little messy or you might find the, the little place where they can have, they, they can be and might not be all the toys, but then you will start seeing that they're going to start playing independently a little bit more. I didn't follow my own advice. And this is what I did. I did not follow my own advice of the system to break play dependency. I have a guest room. And then before it was a guest room, it was a a, a craft room. So I had a table with different things for the for the twins to do their crafts. And sometimes I would see they they would go to their craft room and they would do something. And then I was like, wait a second, you're not following your own advice. I took that table out of that room and I put it next to our TV here in the living room. And every day I see them on that table creating. Every day they do something. Mm. What is the difference? It's the same table, it's the same materials, the same things on the table. But the difference is that they, they can play independently. They can create while they still see us, while they still have that direct connection with us. And it makes them more comfortable to explore and play.
0: Yeah. And they're six. Mm, I love that. I love that. And it just speaks to their need for belonging and connection and you know, they, they really do want to be around us. And I think the more we encourage that the safer they're going to feel later on in life to still be around us and to want to connect and belong with us. So I think, yes. I think it's very beautiful. So
1: I actually teach a four-step process in the system to break play dependency guide. If you are following that process, My recommendation is to follow the process of serving your child's cues. If you are in step one, don't move on to step two if your child is not ready. Observe your child. And if he wants to connect back with you, don't deny them of that because they don't feel safe when they cannot come back to you. Now, let's talk about playtime conflict. We already talked about when they are playing independently let's see when we have a group a sibling group and they want the same toy
0: uh-huh.
1: they the same toy even though they have a room full of toys they're in there digging on on the toy box and they got the same toy and they're fighting over so again Little changes that you can make on the organization of the room, the play area, could make a big big difference, even when it comes to siblings sharing toys or playing with toys. I was scrolling on Instagram, I would say that was two years ago, and I discovered my Montessori coach, she's amazing, but what caught my attention was that she had, at the time she had a two-year-old, and a five-year-old and they were both playing really great each one with their own toys one next to the other and they were not fighting and I was like what what is the difference what is the difference and then she said yes part of the Montessori method is that we each child honors their individual space so they had this mat it was it was called a Montessori mat and the rule or what uh, what she taught them was that if, for example, Marcela's mat and Rachel's mat, if I put anything on my mat, that means I don't want to share it. I'm playing with it independently. And anything that is outside that mat, then they, it's, they could share it or is like, okay, they want to share it. I started doing something similar with my twins and I was so impressed. Um, a lot of the times when it comes to playtime aggression is that they, don't really, they truly don't know what the rules are and they don't know what the system is. And if you give them a little system on how they can uh, share, exchange toys or, or what it means, these are your toys, these are my toys, or, or I don't want to share these toys... Then it makes a difference for them i'm not saying you have to apply that that strategy but it just gave those girls a system and it was working for them yeah impressive
0: that makes so much sense because my nephew goes to montessori school now and anytime my daughter is over there who does not go to montessori school if she comes into his space where he's playing with toys he he's a year younger so he freaks out you know he's like hold on a minute you are invading my space you know and so it makes sense that like if we he's probably used to having that independent space and independent playtime with his toys so if we could just give Peyton is old enough that I can talk to her about that and be able to communicate that limit with her and i think she would honor it So Mm -hmm. if we told her, okay, you can create your space, we'll let him create his. And then, you know, like you guys can play independently for a little bit. That, that makes total sense. And he would probably understand that. So I like that idea.
1: And if you think about it, that's how the adult world
0: works. Yeah.
1: When I went to your house, I wasn't just walking on every room and take and touching everything. Yeah. Yeah. You assign me a room, yeah. in a bathroom, and that's what I used.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And it, it does. It's developing life skills. So that's really eye-opening for me.
1: So remember, there are toys that actually teach independent play skills. So your child stays entertained for developmentally appropriate stretches of time. So you can take a shower at least. If you want to access this freebie, just open the description of this podcast and you will see the link there or go to our bios at the Club in social media. If you like this podcast, if you got something out of it, I encourage you to leave us a review to let us know what you think about it. If you are an HIC member, meaning that you have any of High Impact Clubs, HIC Parenting Education Products, I encourage you to join our Pride Facebook group. We have over 500 now parents there helping each other, all of them from different backgrounds and levels of understanding. We have members of the Parenting with Understanding Program there, people who have the Considered Conversation Formula, and they all come to help each other. Go to HIC Cycle Breaker group on Facebook and request to join.
0: Next week, we are going to be talking about vacations, vacation tips, vacation hacks. What can we give you to make vacations smoother this summer? So be sure to tune in for that and we will see you all then. Thanks again. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week.